The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I understand your emergency. Let me know when you want to go in. Yeah, we have a part of the aircraft missing, so we're going to need to slow down a bit. Southwest 1380, speed is your discretion. Maintain uh, any, any altitude above 3,000 feet, and you let me know when you want to turn base. All right. Down to 3,000, 210 on the speed. Absolutely. You just let me know anything you need. Okay, could you have the uh, medical meet us there on the runway as well? We've got... Uh, Injured passengers. Injured passengers, okay. And are you, is your airplane physically on fire? No, it's not on fire, but part of it's missing. They said there was a hole and, and uh, someone went out. Um, I'm sorry, you said there was a hole and somebody went out? That is some of the conversation between air traffic control and pilot Tammy Jo Schultz, who was... You're piloting that Southwest Airlines flight to Dallas yesterday when one of the engines uh, blew out. Shrapnel broke a window, sucking a passenger half halfway through until other passengers were able to pull that passenger back inside. The cabin lost pressure. The plane had to do a sharp drop as the pilot regained control. Um, amazingly, the pilot landed safely with one engine. Uh, the female passenger, unfortunately, in this case, has has passed away. A 43-year-old what? mother of two, oh, Jennifer Reardon. Um, that pilot, by the way, um, was one of the, I think, was the first female. Was among the first female yeah. fighter pilots for the U.S. Navy. Yeah. She was among the first women to fly an F-18 Hornet for the Navy. There you go. That's quite something that has actually, that um, incident, that type of incident has happened before to Southwest um, without the same uh, outcome. They're uh, looking at metal fatigue? Metal fatigue. So one of those little mm-hmm. blades, I'm not sure what they're called, uh, cracked and blew out. But the engine is designed to suck the fragments through the engine and blow it out the backside. So it still damages the engine, but it protects the fuselage. But in this particular case, yeah. it didn't. So they'll have to figure out why that happened. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's awful, obviously. I don't know what else to say about it. That's it was, I mean, she was just as chill as possible. I mean, the pilot just absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, unreal under those circumstances. Yeah. I can't even imagine getting, you know, notified from, you know, the back of the airplane that one of the windows, windows blown out and a passenger has been, you know, partially sucked out. Mm-hmm. Makes you think of never wanting to sit in a window seat again, certainly by the uh, well, by I, any of the engines. I thought right? about that because I've been told over the years that the safest place to sit on an airline is over the wings because it's structurally just uh, better than the rest of the aircraft and particularly in an emergency landing or a crash. But that's where the engines uh. are too. So I don't know. I guess maybe beside her in front of the engine. I don't know. That's, uh, yeah, it's just a weird one. Yeah, so, you know, they'll be taking a look at all the maintenance records, and there's uh, there's word as well. Not sure if it uh, is connected with with this plane, that, uh, the, but uh, that a piece of metal, a piece of an a plane was found like 70 feet 70, away. that's right, 70 miles. So we'll see, was, yeah. uh, we'll see what happens with that one, but boy, oh boy, I just... That's just nerves of steel right there. It is. So listen, here's the one that I uh, talked about in the last half hour. And as I say, I'm not sure what to think of this story. It's out of 
British Columbia, Vancouver Island, Port Alberni specifically. Mm. So there's parents, uh, a mom and uh, a stepdad, I believe. Yep. Who uh, the mom found a message on her 13-year-old daughter's Instagram account on her phone about uh, a 28-year-old Port Alberni man who wanted to come have sex with her. And with so, a thirteen-year-old with a yeah, daughter, yeah, wanted to, have, yeah, exactly. And so she basically set a trap for him. So originally, initially, she contacted the RCMP in Port Alberni, said that this guy was reaching out, attempting to have uh, sex with her underage daughter. According to her, police didn't want to do anything about it. They had told her, "Well, just tell your daughter to block that person and just forget, forget about, about it. it." Right? And they didn't think that was sufficient. So what they did was they communicated with him and set a trap. So now he arrives at their home and they film this and broadcast it, I believe on Facebook Live. Uh, They subdue him, tie him up, uh, berate him uh, while he lies on the floor and phone the RCMP to say, we got the guy. We got the guy. We've captured him. So the RCMP arrive and transport him to hospital for an assessment, but they don't lay a charge against him. And but they are considering a charge against the couple uh, with assault causing bodily harm and forcible confinement. And as I say, I d- now the RCMP have since said as well that when they initially were contacted about this individual, that they did start an investigation, but well, they didn't share the right. They didn't yeah. share the details of that. Um, that there had been an investigation underway, that this guy's name was added to that investigation when they got the call from the parents. And basically the RCMP are saying that, look, when you do things like this, you completely interfere with an investigation because obviously now he knows he was under investigation and he didn't commit a crime by going to the house. I mean, they're going to have to prove intent and they're going to, there's a lot there that's going to have to be proven. I, I, I can understand uh, a parent's feeling that it's taking too long that the investigation is taking too long that I've we've, we've or gone, that an investigation even exists or right? it does well yeah. but in this case it, it did you know it did exist yeah, I don't think the not, parents knew that though yeah, yeah so yeah that's and I can see right or wrong when some say I'm, I'm taking matters into my own hands right right or wrong I can see it too, but they also said that the 28-year-old was an acquaintance of the family, That's so they right. knew him, right? Yeah. And and I don't know, like I, you know, everybody reacts differently, and and you don't necessarily react the way you say you will nope. if you haven't been there, right? But I, in my mind, if I thought that were happening with one of my daughters or my sons, and they were an acquaintance of the family, I I, I would drive to their house and confront them and mm. say, "What is this? Tell me what this is," and I would. If they were married, I would tell their wife, and if, mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah, I would phone the police. But I think once, if you did that, I think that wouldn't that be sufficient to first of all protect your own child, but also to bring attention to this individual yeah. to the police. So you've done y- yeah. everything. And the other concern here is what the police have said is that there may, you know, if he in fact was doing these things, uh, there may now be no charges laid at all because of this situation mm-hmm. because of this situation so what does that mean going forward yeah um yeah i i, I get the frustration i i, I get too. the frustration i think every parent can get the frustration um but you know is it uh, you go back and keep putting pressure on every time another um explicit message shows up you document to make sure you 
you know, I find it strange that they didn't know there was an investigation going on, or that something well here wasn't I'll, going on. Uh, you know, I'll say it in case. Or you... maybe, or may, or maybe the parents just didn't believe or didn't yeah. know it was happening. Uh, I'll say it so that I I'll be the one in trouble instead of uh, you. I don't need you. Don't need to protect me. Okay. Because you know you're never supposed to blame the victim, right? Mm-hmm. But the parents discovered the message on their child's phone. The the child didn't go to the parents and say. Oh, I was probably told not to, though, right? Right, but I would. I, I'd be curious to know why a 13 year old is communicating with a friend of the family who's 28 years old, and didn't bring it to their parents' attention. I'd be quite mad at my um, daughter for not bringing it to my attention, honestly. Well, yeah, you you can say that, but, you know, depending on the circumstances, I mean, you can be flattered that you're getting attention mm-hmm. from uh, an older an older person, male or female, and all of those things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or the, the perpetrator in the case, or the alleged perpetrator in this case, has said, don't tell your parents mm-hmm. because it'll get us in trouble, right. so doesn't. There's all sorts of layers to, for sure. to that one. I mean, it the end of it all, you should be ticked off with the 28-year-old who's sending sexually explicit messages to a minor. Of course. Right? Um, I, I just, you know, want to be sure that, as a parent, that you would also have that conversation now with your child, and I don't see that as part of the story from everything I've read. No, well, I, that's not a part of the story, because that's a part, that's that's outside, that it should be happening if mm-hmm. it's not happened already, but I can tell you that there's probably hundreds of thousands of families where that conversation has never taken place. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if, if you look back in your family in certain circumstances... Oh, the conversation's you, taken place, I can assure mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily... Right uh, away or after No, 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 not with regard to a specific thing, but if you're going to have... If you're at 13 are going to have a cell phone, and I know everyone has a cell phone these days, and it was different with my children mm-hmm. because it was relatively new. Yeah. But we went over the rules of cell phone use, and among those rules when they were that age, all my children, uh, was that we have full access to your phone. So anything you signed up for, we need to Some know your username don't. and password. Yeah. And that was the deal we... Yeah. I'll buy you a phone... I need to have mm-hmm. access to your phone. And I would, from time to time, check and see what was going on. Do you remember, you've told this story on the air before about uh, one of the kids getting photos. Yeah, my daughter Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with Ashley... Did, did Ashley come to you right away? Yeah. She came to me because she didn't know how to handle it. She had gotten these pictures. She wasn't sure what to do about it. Um, it was a friend, so... She kind of felt like, well, she didn't want to make a big deal about it or get the person in trouble, but here they are, mm-hmm. right? So we dealt with that. But, I mean, Ashley's a, a good example because she's the oldest, and so all of this was real new to all yeah. of us, yeah. right? We hadn't had children with phones before Ashley had, or there wasn't even an Internet, for that matter, with Ashley and you know, during the time that she was growing up. But, And I, I'm sure I've told this story, too, and, and maybe things have changed now. But Ashley and I, we had that conversation after this and just about sharing information about what you put up there and, and who you share pictures with. And we agreed. And then I knew she was on a chat site because, again, I had access. Mm-hmm. So I created a, a a name and I went on the chat site and made contact with Ashley without her knowing it was me and then had a conversation with her in which I pretended to be a boy her age who lived in the United States and I, I so I was very far away as far as she yep. was concerned uh, not somebody who could show up at your front door and I asked her questions but they were very general questions like uh, 
you know, my, my high school is this, and I like it, uh, but I hate the school colors. And she would go, oh, what are they? And I said, they're green and yellow, or whatever. I said, and what are your school colors? And I asked her questions like that that quickly narrowed down because all schools have different school colors. Mm -hmm. So once you know she's in Edmonton, once you know her school yep. colors, you know her first name, you start narrowing it down. Absolutely. And I just showed her through stupid questions like that that just seemed like conversational, how I could actually identify where she lived. And at some point asked for pictures. I just want to know what you look like, nothing, you know, whatever. And she sent a picture from the front of our house with the number on it. <laughs> you know, and then I, I, it wasn't a big yelling match or anything like that, but... It, at some point, I just said, okay, Ash, I want to show you something. Mm -hmm. And I just showed her how I have now tracked you down to your school, but your house. But she did all that first before, you know, instead of immediately saying, hey, there's some guy on here. But she didn't think anything was wrong with it. That's right. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we'd be surprised if we actually knew what exactly was being texted and, and uh, f what kind of photos were being sent. Mm-hmm. On, on a regular basis um, among teens these yeah. days. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there was that time when Maddie had a sleepover at a friend's house and they were having a pillow fight mm -hmm. and she put the pictures up on Facebook and a whole set of parents got upset all at the same time and pulled them back down. You okay there, sir? Laugh so hard I coughed. Ah. Because we're going to take a news break in just about three minutes. So, of course, you're just looking for that one story that's, uh, you know, just a three-minute or what's on top of my pile. University of Alberta's decision to give David Suzuki an honorary degree uh, criticized. We need three days for that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Let me just put Move that along. aside. Yeah. Um, how about this? Uh, nope, not that. This. Uh, saw this uh, study done. Um, so this will be good news for many people. According to a new study, the higher your salary is, the more stressed you are. 68% of people making over $200,000 a year have the highest stress levels versus less than half of people who are making under 100000 The study looked at what the perfect salary is to reduce or have the okay. lowest level of stress. What is that? It is between fifty dollars and $75,000. They have the lowest levels of stress and the highest job satisfaction. Really? Yeah. I guess when you make the big bucks, there's this uh, massive expectation that you're going to do this uh, great stellar job and that you may lose your job at some point and whatever. But between 50 and 75, you tend to feel compensation's fair, um, that there, the expectations are reasonable, and that there isn't the same stress of feeling like if one day I lost that job, I could never replace that money. So if you make between 50 and $75,000, you're good. Apparently, uh, when it comes to men and women, uh, both of us feel stressed the exact same uh, the mm -hmm. same amount. And as far as job satisfaction, pretty much the same. Again, yeah. 75% of uh, men, 75% of women. People always assume um, that the more you make, the less stressful your life is, right? That's the pretty common well, assumption. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say... No, mm, I would say in some cases, yeah, it, your your life could be m less stressful, but it's your job, it's the job, it's how you're making the money that is causing the stress. Sure. Uh, I, I said most people would think, but I, I don't agree with that philosophy. I'm not arguing with you because the more... The more uh, everybody spends their level of income is the problem. So you make 50,000, you're in debt 
you know, uh-huh. 40000 or 60000 and it's stressful. But if you make a gazillion dollars, you spend a gazillion dollars. If people just, how many times have you gotten a raise and thought, oh, I'm going to use that extra $200 a month and uh, pay off my visa, <laughs> and then a year later you're like, I believe I'm 5000 more in debt than I was. <laughs> <laughs> How's that possible? Uh, there's just no such thing as extra money. Because you always feel like with this salary, I can now afford something a little bigger, a little better, a little faster. I mean, the, the ideal situation... I'd like to think if I won a lot or I wouldn't... I, and I know there's a lot of people... But you know how many are, stories there, there are? There are, like but that, I would right? like to think that I wouldn't. Well, I would like to think that for at least one day I'd be debt-free. That I would pay off all debt and then be like, nope, my life is sad. And then in a week I'd be like, did I need that powerboat? Yes, I don't yes, even live near a lake. Yeah, but then, but you had the money to pay for it. <laughs> yes, I did. Which is the difference. And I could always sell it had I not scraped it across the rocks at Buffalo Lake. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.